This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by PayPal. These days, choices are everywhere. Like, for instance, the milk in your coffee. Would you like it from a cow? A nut? A tree? Everyone wants options. And now your customers have a new option in the way they pay. With PayPal in person. Just generate your unique QR code in the PayPal app for them to scan. And start accepting PayPal in person today. Learn more at paypal.com slash US slash get QR code. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Home is where the haunt Those wounds I feel so sick. Dr. Welcome to episode 81 of the Washed Up Emo Podcast. Next up on the American Football Series is Nate Kinsella. Nate, although wasn't part of the original recording, he played bass for the reunion shows and was a big part of the new record. And previously, Nate and Mike Kinsella worked together on an Owen album. As you can say, it's in the family. Nate is also starting a family with his wife, and we talk about what advice the other dads in American football gave him, laundromat etiquette, and if his baby is a boy or a girl. Best of luck, Nate. Audio-wise, there was a helicopter circling me the entire recording, so I did my best to cut that out. Apologies. American Football's new album is out October 21st on Polyvinyl Records and available on 180-gram orange vinyl CD, cassette, or digitally through polyvinylrecords.com. Plus, all orders come with an instant download for the full album at checkout, so you can listen to the whole thing right away while waiting for your order to arrive. If you use the code WASHEDUP, all one word, WASHEDUP, you get 10% off your order. This is episode 81 with Nate Kinsella from American Football. Where did you grow up? I grew up in, um, well, in central Illinois. I lived on a farm um, until I was like seven, so I was just a kid, and then um, moved into Bloomington, Illinois, until I was 10, and then after that I moved to the suburbs of Minneapolis um, and lived there until uh, I was 20. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much, I feel like Minneapolis, um, and Minnesota is like kind of, um, where I'm from because that's where the, my formative years were spent, I guess. And mu- musically, what was, you know, was there that DIY moment or you saw a band or you saw uh, someone yeah. brought you to like, gave you a seven inch and that was it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I used to go see, um, Dillinger 4 play like in their basement uh, dead end alley. Like, uh, there was like, there's a great record store there. That's still there. Actually, it's all volunteer run called extreme noise. Um, that's been around for a long time. Um, so there's a healthy, like punk rock scene in Minneapolis that's been going strong for a while. And, uh, uh, let's see that was probably, that was probably the first like local band I got into probably in like 95 something i think i go see dillinger for play and um that was just sort of a gateway into other local bands and then lefter came around and they were great and 
let's see, there's also, like, it's a very inclusive scene there, so there's even, like, you know, slug and atmosphere were doing stuff, and in hip-hop shows, and they would have, like, a punk band play with, like, a hip-hop group in it, and um, that was also really great to um, be a part of. Like, it was seemed very inclusive and not, uh, you know, it wasn't, like, segregated scene-wise at all, which is super cool, so... Played like in high school. Um, I went to a, uh, an arts high school outside of the city, um, which was really great. Um, it was just for juniors and seniors, and it was split into art areas. And I was in the music program, and uh, I played in bands there. And be- before that, too, in my older high school, um, I, I had uh, bands with friends where we would play in each other's basements in the suburbs. And so, yeah, did that. And for you, like, what was sort of, what were things, I mean, were you, obviously everyone's in a horrible first band, but what were those, some of those first things that you kind of got stoked on? Was it a sh- opening for a band or was it just playing with a couple friends that you didn't think you were going to make anything? What were some of those, just feel like those sort of moments that you're like, I, I want to keep doing this. This is something that I can't not do. Well, I guess before playing music, I was hanging out with in a group um, of friends that, you know, were my best friends when I was 12 or 13. And, um, but we wouldn't really do anything, you know, we would just kind of like hang around and like hang out in the woods and like start fires and stuff or like, you know, smuggle beers and smoke cigarettes or whatever. But with, playing in bands it seemed like we were it was so much more fun because you had something to show for it like you're creating something with your friends and there's a you know you'd, you'd put on a show and every all oh, everybody would come out and and uh it was like a there's a big social aspect of it too which um you know pulls everybody together and i think that's the part of it that i enjoyed it wasn't just a party where everyone was going to get you know drunk and kind of do shenanigans or whatever like you know we were sort of playing our music and sharing it with our friends and it was very it's like a, it was like a very communal type of environment that I really liked that about it yeah I mean the independent scene and that DIY sort of aesthetic it just connects you kind of have this community yeah. and you feel comfortable you can be weird you can wear what you want it doesn't it all, it all's okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, yeah. I feel like that was a really important part of it too. Was like there were kids from all different backgrounds and they were allowed to just be themselves or be whatever, like whatever you were into was fine. No one was really judging you. It's really important. And what, what instruments were you first playing? Was it, was it guitar first or was it drums or? Yeah, it was guitar first. Um, which is funny because I'm really not a very good guitar player because uh, <laughs> that was, I don't know, that was what was the easiest one to get your hands on. I think uh, I got an acoustic guitar from um, my cousin Ryan on my mom's side, actually. Um, not related to Tim and Mike, but I had a, other musical cousins on the other side, too. Um, and then I uh, I bought a, I bought a bass. I worked at a movie theater and like saved up money to buy a bass and a drum set and then my dad got me a four track for uh 
for my birthday. I know, and then that was it. Like I was like, okay, I don't really. That's need a big deal. Anymore. Those were expensive. <laughs> it was like one of those little task cam. Was it a task cam? I still have it's it. It's got to be a task cam. <laughs> yeah, look at that one. I have all the tapes still. They're in my parents' attic. Um, and yeah, that was that was a big deal. That was, uh, then I just I could make everything on my own. Uh, you know, which which was a uh, which. Kind of. That's kind of all I did. Then after that, I, I, you know, given any free time, I would just be on my four track making stuff. So. And then I mean, what what were some of the first, um, you know, band stuff? Were you all, were for for the records you did as Birthmark? Were those a lot of from those four track things, or was that later on? Were obviously not the not the recording, but the sort of the experimentation and sort of coming up with your own things on on your own. Yeah, well, that's pretty much what Birthmark is. It's like it's very much a solo sort of endeavor, but um, um, and definitely like that's the enjoyment I get is like recording those albums. I like playing live shows as Birthmark can be real stressful <laughs> because I don't actually I don't particularly enjoy it. It can be fun. It's fun. What am I What am I saying? It's fun. I really but, um, liked the show I saw at um, Rough Trade. Uh, oh, cool! What was so cool about it is usually, you know, a person gets up there, and Mike's a different. I think tell, as Owen is different, just because people are just know every note and every little inflection from his records, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. him and a guitar, you know, makes sense and it works. But then some people, if you don't know, uh, and it's just a guitar, it's hard. But for you, it, you were doing so much and layering things that there was so much to listen to as you were doing it. And it, it looked like you were a having fun and B there was an ease to it. Like, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I've had a few um, shows to warm, warm up to that one. You know, I'm always, uh, it takes a little bit of warming up to get comfy, but that one, um, that one I feel good about. That one, I think, particularly well. I felt I, after that show, I was like, okay, I don't have to fret. That one went okay. <laughs> well, I think, too, for maybe people that don't know about Birthmark, you know, Nate's up there kind of doing every instrument, and it's really fun to watch and hear because, uh, you know, it's 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 just, it's again, it's a, it's, it's a different experience, um, and you're doing that, and I feel like it's something that... It's happened before. It's not, you know, it's obviously not something that uh, people have done before, but I really enjoyed how you put those things together and it didn't seem like noise. Uh, and sometimes that happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky thing, you know? I think on one hand, like, loops are sort of played out and they were, they've were they been played out for a long time. I think the last person to do... I mean, I could be wrong. I kind of stopped following, but the last person that I that kind of blew my mind to looping stuff was probably tune yards. And uh, that was probably five years ago or something like the, the looping, the looping thing has been beaten to death. So um, I have to do it in different ways and kind of sneak it in there to make it, you know, it's intriguing and it works, but not make it the focus of it. Like it's not a, a looping band, but I'm going to utilize that here and there, but also be playing things live. And so it's a tricky balance, you know. What other, you know, I guess for that world, where there's, is there stuff that you're super into right now that, you know, speak to what you're making in, in Birthmark? Or? 
Yeah, actually, I really, um, a friend of mine told me I should pick up this Fog album, which is a guy from Minneapolis um, who was doing stuff like when I lived there, uh, who, uh, we never really crossed paths or anything, but um, this new Fog album is like so great. It's really, really good. So What's it I, like? I, um, there's, well, it, what really hit me was there's a ton of slap bass on it, but but I love it. I'm like, who likes slap bass? Who's going to put slap bass on their album? That's crazy. But it sounds so good. Like, it really fits. It's such like a... Uh, um, slap bass is such a uh, cultural... Or it's a signifier, you know? Like, when you hear slap bass, you, there's no way you would want to fit that on some sort of... How do you, Like, how would you go about fitting that into, like, some sort of... Uh, bedroom indie hip-hop album but i fucking i love that he did it and um it works so well and the songs are like they're crafted so well i had you just have to listen to it a lot like you spin it a few times and and um i just keep i just keep i'm i like love it more and more um the more i hear it um and there's a lot of piano and like the chord progressions are really um they're, they just, I don't know, they totally draw me in. Like, you kind of don't know what's going to happen. You never, you're not, you never, the, the song structures are built in a way where it's, everything's a very pleasant surprise. You're like, wow, where did that decision come from? And then it'll change parts again, and then you'll realize that there's, you're getting, there's like payoffs, you know? There's like, you keep getting paid off the more you listen to it. It's so awesome. Um, so good. And uh, I guess the other thing, that I can't stop listening to is a D'Angelo album from, it's probably, it's kind of old now. I don't know. It's like a couple of years old. The, um, what's it called? Uh, Black Messiah. Is that what it's called? I think so. But my, yeah, my, my knowledge in D'Angelo is not as well as American. Football. It's really good. It's really, it's really like confusing rhythmically because I don't know. It sounds like uh, there's so much, push and pull with um like the pulse of the music the drums seem at that points like really far ahead of the beat and all the instruments are like way behind and but and so there's the, all this like really weird groovy rhythmic tension that is so uh it's so confusing but also satisfying to listen to that's that's another one that i'm just i kind of can't believe it when i hear it i'm just like how how did this happen <laughs> but those two albums are like for me right now, and I'm totally geeking out on, and have been for, for a while. Does it take you a long time to create songs? Are you constantly changing? Or are you constantly reworking things? Yeah, yeah. Birthmark is totally like a, every, every time I dive into one, it's like a long haul, like a two-year process, which which is exhausting, but I've learned to enjoy that process. At, at first, I wasn't finishing it because I was just so, I think I was insecure about it. Um, and I was unsure about what I was making, and I wasn't sure if it was good or not. But somehow, I'm now I'm like I don't know what's good or bad anymore, and or I stopped paying attention to it, and um, so it makes it a lot easier just uh, because I'm I don't like triple and quadruple guess every creative decision that goes into them. So uh, the creation of them is is getting easier, but it still takes a long time because um, it's just so much fun to work on them. I mean, I, that's, 
the only enjoyment, the only reason that it birthmark even exists is because I enjoy it so much. There's no, there's nothing else for me after making the album and putting it out into the world. It's like here you can have it, but but I'm done with it. <laughs> like I've had my fun. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'd like to. Uh, yeah, so I mentioned I have a baby on the way, so I want to. It'd be fun to get something going before that happens, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe the baby will derail. Maybe that birthmark, <laughs> birthmark of the baby, <laughs> will delay more music. Uh, well, I think everybody out there should listen um, and sort of dive in because, again, I it it threw me for you know a, a loop too, not talking about loose but just sort of it kind of be like oh wow i need to revisit these i need to see how much you know sort of there was more depth um than i had heard and especially hearing that live versus record record you could kind of have your headphones on and you're zoned out mm-hmm. but to hear it in a live setting was really really i think interesting and something that i don't hear a lot so cool it was, it was thank you um that's awesome you know what's interesting i was thinking about this were you since you're sort of not in the you know, worlds that maybe Mike and, you know, if it was Lamos or Holmes were sort of in, did you see, you know, sort of friends talking about American football in between 99 and 2014 where it was, it just, it's interesting because every other guy was like, I didn't know. I didn't know people were caring about this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I, uh, I remember when that first American football EP came out, um, and I, you know, I picked it up right away. I always sort of had my, I was always lis- listening to see what Tim and Mike were going to, were up to, you know. I definitely followed what they were doing. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and then the, I got the full length when it came out, and, and I was this huge fan, and I just, like, gave it to all my friends. And was like, guys, you got to check this out. It was amazing. Um, but... So I think I was like one of the initial, I was like in the first wave of like, oh, this is great, guys. This is great. You know, like when polyvinyl, late 90s polyvinyl bands, like same with, you know, Braid or uh, other bands putting stuff out then. Even though, you know, I wasn't I wasn't living in Chicago. Um, I was definitely like a hop, skip, and a jump away in Minneapolis and um, I had I was tuned into it when it first came out, but between then and now, uh, no, <laughs> nobody really talked about it. No one, uh, I, no one, I didn't know anyone that had become a new fan. Everyone that I know was an old fan, so I'm also curious to me. I'm like, who are these people? Where do they come from? Because they're younger. <laughs> And, and they found out about it online, which, you know, we didn't have that. So, you know, everyone is confused, like, how and why that happened. But, I mean, I, I, I know because I heard it and I know that, that how I felt about it and that they were doing something very unique it was by turning down. And, uh, oh, sorry, my alarm is going off. My laundry's done. Oh, I um, thought it was like your wake up. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wake up, Nate. It's twelve thirty. <laughs> but they, uh, 
they were doing something unique by turning down and not trying to like rock people's faces off. And it was like very, very honest and just very like complex, very complex music with very simple uh, ingredients. And that was what was like, it was just very subdued and like uh, very well well done you know it was so open for to how me. old they were yeah it was so open as a record but then when you listen to it now it's still it sounds it doesn't sound dated mm-hmm yeah which i that's... thought was pretty interesting but you on the outside kind of like yeah you're like a you're like oh that's mike yeah awesome. yeah yeah yeah. Like, yeah i know cool. and then you know years later um you know what do you think about you know mike's obviously gotten you know, this sort of emo tag on him. And I'm more of the, you know, he has some great points that he's written about and everybody's read his thoughts, you know, um, about it. But for you, like this band being sort of attributed to that genre, um, what were your thoughts about it? Were, were, I mean, you were, you were supporting your friends, um, in that world, but were you kind of weird? Was it like, what's that? Why are they associating that with these bands or were you sort of out of it? Um, well, let's see. Sorry, I'm just, I don't, you mean about, like, about how he was sort of, he got labeled as a sort of, like, emo guy, and, and, um, but why that happened? Hmm, uh, I think that it's because he is, uh, or um, at least on the American Football first album, um, like whether he thought about it or not, was being very uh, revealing as a as a guy, you know. And I think that um, that was uh, not the norm. Um, and even with like especially with with Owen, there's some like very personal things in, in there. And, um, that's not, I don't, I think that that is not the, you know, the MO of most, uh, indie rock or like rock guys or in any, you know, like I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm trying to think of anyone else who's just like very point blank, like telling you something very, um, revealing about themselves and, and music and uh, I can't think of anybody. I can't yeah. think of no, anybody I know. Right yeah, I get, now. yeah, I guess it's more of the, you know, he's at a certain age, this connects and uh, it stays with you and you keep, you sort of keep that feeling um, with you and you kind of, you connect on a certain level. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was, I mean, that's a gift. I think, if a genre has an attachment to somebody and people still come and see you, then have at it. Um, everybody can la- label something totally. or something else. But it's, again, specifically to American football, is that this record has this life that, I mean, I think it has partly due to Polyvinyl. You know, those guys, Yeah. it's just, it came from the heart from them, too. It didn't just come from the music. The label had such a, a love and the aesthetic and your relationship with that label. Um, it just seems like it was a perfect match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I, I have to grab my laundry real quick. Would you mind holding on for one no. second? I'm so sorry. I'm going to explain everybody, and don't worry, I'm editing this. So in New York, <laughs> if you don't get your laundry in time, yeah. someone – so let's say it, it let's say it goes from one to zero and your like, dryer's done. If you don't get it within 30 seconds, that is in a bin, and someone has already put theirs in, and you might have lost a sock. You might have <laughs> – Maybe your jeans got stuck to the top. They're gone forever. So it's very important in New York. It's very important in New York to get your laundry as soon as possible. And that's what Nate's doing right now. <laughs> it's so true. You know what else happened is that I cut I cut in line. I didn't realize it. I totally swiped some guy's um, washer. Oh, right no. Out in front of, I, I know. And I never like I live upstairs a long so time. What, I know the people. So what happened? Did they? Well... Was there a standoff? Well, he, yeah, slightly. Like, he was getting changed, and then he sort of came over and was like, you know, that was my washer. Like, I was, I was, my stuff is sitting right in front of it. You just totally took my washer. And I wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that, but I already put money in the machine. So, and also, like, all the cheap machines, like the single-load ones, were all taken. And so I like, he had to use a bigger one. And I was like, let me give me some money because I totally took your cheap machine and he refused my money. Um, but it's okay. He, he, just, he didn't seem terribly bothered. He just wanted to, he wanted to let, he wanted to let me know that I had broken a social contract, but that it's ultimately no big deal, but, <laughs> but he don't did. do it. You know? But don't do it again. See, that's yeah. it. That's that New York, like, Totally. <laughs> what I would have said is, was your name on the fucking door? Uh, <laughs> oh man, are you native? No, you're from Vermont. But well, I've lived, I've so. lived here for, I've lived here off and on for ten years. Okay, all right. You, I haven't been here that long. I've been here five years now, so I'm still. I feel like I'm still learning how to navigate. Like I think New Yorkers are so charming. Like I'm really charmed by a lot of them all the time. They're so witty and like so funny. Um, but also can be totally terrifying. <laughs> so I, I, I'm sure like you walk into a bodega and I remember from moving here, I think it was like 2000 and it was like a, it was people ordering lunch. And I remember everyone like getting a sandwich and no one was like, no one looked at me and called on me. And I was like, this is weird. Like I'm in your establishment. I'm trying to order something. And I like walked out. And then I remember like going into a different bodega and watching a guy walk in and just yell, you know, tuna on rye with Swiss and sauerkraut. And the bodega guy like yelled like, you got it, guy. So the next time I just, I mean, I'm 21, like fresh, you know, no, like I, I look horrible. I walk in, I'm like, egg salad, lettuce, tomato. And the guy was like, you got it. And I was like, I get this, New York. You just got to yell. So true. So true. Something so foreign to people who aren't from here. Like, whoa, I gotta be aggressive. Like, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I mean, it's not aggressive. It's just getting. It's it's a trans. You're transferring information. It's just the mode in which you do that. It's so far removed from what I'm used to as a Midwest. <laughs> Crazy. Hello, Nate. Thank you for being in our restaurant. What would you like? No, right. it's tuna on rye right now. <laughs> yep, the learning curve. So, to that. so now Nate's safe. He's fine. He didn't get to an altercation. <laughs> but he, like I said, he needed to get his laundry out because <laughs> shit goes bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, episode I did last night, we had 15 minutes on our favorite pizza restaurant uh, in New York. You know, my go-to is there's a dollar slice on like uh, on the Lower East Side, right by Rivington, and like I know exactly which one you're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's like the picture of the guy, like the owner, posing with a million celebrities in there. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's my go-to whenever I'm over there. I'm like, a dollar? I can eat for one dollar. That's crazy. And it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I was like, it's totally worth a dollar. Not much more. Not but. much more. <laughs> the uh, so I, I think too the you know you getting the call from Mike uh, to do some of these reunion shows and then also you know being a part of this new record. Uh, what was that like when Mike and the guys were like, "Hey, do you want to help out with us?" I mean, I was totally psyched um, to be a part of it. I. Yeah, when Mike first emailed me to ask if I wanted to play bass in American football, I was like, is this a joke? Because there's not, there actually isn't any bass in American football. Like, what are you trying to do? Um, but, and also, like, I didn't want to, I thought that, the, you know, not having bass in that band was something that was really cool about it. <laughs> so I'm in a weird spot where I'm like, well, I'm going to step into this role that, and, you know, for the live shows, I will add, I'm just going to add bass frequencies. I'm going to fill out the lower part of the frequency spectrum. I don't want to add anything. I don't want to change anything. I'm just going to, just want to, like, sneak in there and sort of help, like, sort of solidify whatever backbone happening in the music. Um, that was my approach. And I did end up adding some things. And, you know, when we got together and we started playing, we're changing some of the stuff. And it just sort of happened naturally. And uh, like, sounded good. So like, okay, let's just go with it. Um, but uh, it was, yeah, I was super excited when they asked me to join up and like have uh, input into their music. And yeah, I was really psyched. I started writing a bunch of stuff and sending it over. We didn't use it at all, which is fine. It can't use everything. Um, but um, I'm psyched that I uh, got to contribute. And uh, what was that like? Well, what, in some way, what were some of the? I mean, those Webster shows were insane. Um, just the sheer amount of people, the what was going on, the moment, nervousness, uh, you know, all the different tunings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the crowd was like so. Uh, welcoming and like so warm uh the just the energy in the reception of it was so positive that i feel like people were um even with their flubs which i know there were it were they it just didn't really matter because everybody was so psyched that it was happening at all um yes and uh like i was uh really nervous um at those shows, that I mean, those that's the biggest. Those are the biggest shows I've I I ever played. So um, I was like shaking. I remember seeing myself shaking while I'm up there. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I was totally nervous. Um, just because it was such a special. I'm like, oh my god, all these people care so much about this. It's not only just us. Like, it's not only four guys. We've been just practicing in a practice space where we're the only ones who are our, you know, care, like, we're just in the practice space. It's just the four of us, like, 
we don't feel any responsibility towards anyone else other than ourselves. And then when you get into the room and watch it fill up and see that there is, <laughs> it is important to a lot of people that you're there and that you're doing it. You're like, oh shit, this is the kind of pressure that you can't quite prepare for in the practice phase. This is the wild card that you, you there's no, there's nothing you can do to prepare for that. So, um, um, but you know, like I said, the reception was so welcoming that that um it definitely helps with the jitters and uh yeah i was that was a totally surreal experience what were some of the fun moments about putting together these songs for the new record i think it was fun to um get in finally get into a room together to make it happen because a lot of this was just sort of excuse me um file sort of file sharing excuse me and um you know, we just shared a Dropbox and we would just kind of send a little snippet of things that we were recording on our phones or whatever to each other. And, um, and, but really, uh, getting together in a room and sort of hashing out ideas like in person is definitely the most effective way to get, to find whatever it is that sounds the best, you know, whatever, whatever it you know i mean communicating through email just kind of takes forever you just some things you just can't do you you need to be there in person so it was really fun to see it happen um and to be a part of it and uh you know we only got together a few times before going into the studio so even when we were recording we were still throwing out ideas and we were chopping parts like okay don't this was being played for too long or this is too short or there's definitely writing happening while we were recording it. So the whole thing, it was like uh, this kind of running to catch up <laughs> with ourselves. It was very much uh, flying by the seat of our pants the whole time. But that's also what sort of added to the excitement of it and kept it really, yeah, kept the, kept the, uh, the romance going because when you, that can fade, as we all know, as humans, uh, you know, when you're dealing with something like creating like music, or you create something and it's like a novelty, it's like new and it's so precious, like, oh, I've never heard something like this before. And I, I, I really like how this is turning out. And then if you just keep working on it or you, or you put it aside or you just, the romance can sort of fade. So that was one good, uh, that was one positive outcome that came from running through the process of making an album kind of quickly. <laughs> Did you have any favorites? Uh, yeah, that, yeah. I, yeah, I have my favorites. Which ones? Are you going to make the same out loud? <laughs> yeah. I made, I made yeah. everybody else. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, let me, uh, let's see. I like, I like, um, uh, see, I'm still trying to think of the, I, I'm still going off of working titles in my mind. I have to switch over because they're actually songs now. Um, That'll be super nerdy me... for the super fans. They'll be like, well, that song used to be called this. When Nate used to share it with Mike, it was called this. Sorry. I really like the Give Me the Gun song. Give Me the Gun. Cool. I like um, um, My Instincts Are the Enemy. I really like that one. And I like... Um, 
let's see, Home is Where the Haunt is. That's that is good. my jam. That, yeah? That is my jam. That is my jam. <laughs> Everybody, this is, the, you, you, you may, you, it's, when you get it, the record, that's the hit. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that one, that one I feel turned out particularly well. So. I also like I've Been Lost for So Long. Yeah. I think that one seems, uh, that could be instrumental too, I feel like. Oh, uh, yeah, that's funny. We actually played that. We actually played an instrumental version of that um, over the New Year's, New Year's Eve shows in Chicago uh, a couple of years back or whenever. We had, that was like the first thing that we came up with, so we played an instrumental version of it. Maybe we should have stopped then, stop while we're ahead, you know? No, no I, think, I think you guys, I forget if I talked about this with Mike or not, but that could be something where you... If, if that instrumental, like, you release, like, that song and people sing over it or you kind of get, like, it could be kind of a fun, like, experimental one. Cool. I think that's fun. I also like I Need a Drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that one, too. Sort of like a drunken waltz. I like that one. Really good. It's funny. It's really uh, not funny. I mean, it's, it's fun to see uh, the characters of the song sort of emerge. We were writing everything and didn't really have words on anything yet you know and then it's, it's really fun to hear them and just to see like they're there they have a personality now it's really and that one's that one's got a that one's got a, a good sort of strong personality i like that one it's very sort of drunk drunken waltz cool. how, how did it feel i mean you worked with mike on an owen record but then working with this sort of american football thing was it very like were you were you like god i don't want to fuck up and say something wrong or you obviously knew everybody so it wasn't that, but it was sort of being, you know, they needed you. And I think, you know, you brought a different element to them. And I think it only complements their sound um, with what you, what you brought. Yeah, well, I, <clears throat> I guess I don't, uh, uh, what am I saying? Um, I, you know, when you're asked to be brought into a creative project, they're bringing you're being brought in for your ideas and also like the, your working style. And um, um, I feel like we all fit together well. And I work working and sort of being uh, personality wise. You know, it was just it was a good. It felt like completely natural to for that to happen. So, um, you know, I was definitely flattered that they wanted to bring me in. And I really and, like that yeah. you said it feels natural. You know, it wasn't like you, you gave a story where it was like, oh, the first couple practices were this or that. It just, you know, for you to feel natural and be able to confidently say that, then it seems like it was such a good fit. And for you to kind of work with your friends. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I've, I've been, you know, playing with Mike a long time and uh, also done, like, loads of traveling together. I mean, I think when you travel together, you're, you can, that's a good way to, like, solidify friendship because you go, go through all sorts of crazy shit. And, um, and also come out with great stories and, I don't know, I tend to remain really close with everyone that I and on tour with or travel with, it's sort of like really, it's a real bond they sort of form when you're 
Yeah. I mean, uh, Lamos and Mike kind of, I kind of joked with Mike, Lamos brought this up, but he said, this is the coolest part job, part-time job ever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, do like weekend, weekend warrior trips or we like, Hey, now we're in, now we're in the UK for a weekend and great. Yeah. It's awesome. Is there anything fun. anything else that you're excited about with this? I mean, there's going to be a few shows and obviously promo and a lot of people talking about it. What are you kind of excited about with this little project with everybody? Little I'm project. Excited. I just said little. It's not little. There's a lot of <laughs> this is a big this is a big It can deal. be little. <laughs> it can be little. Um, I am excited to see what the reaction is going to be. Uh, I for the two new songs. Um, earlier this summer, uh, Violent Femmes played in Prospect Park, and I was a huge fan. As a kid, I loved all their songs, and I was like I was talking to my wife, "We gotta go, we gotta go check it out." So we went there, and um, you know, they open with all the they, they're playing all the hits, and it's awesome. And then they're like, "We have a new record out, everybody." it's the first one in however many years. And this is one of the songs off of it. And, and prior to that announcement, everyone had been like losing their shit over violent Femmes. And then after that announcement, everyone took out their phones. Everyone was just sort of chatting with their neighbors. And I'm thinking, what a bummer, what a bummer to have that happen. And, um, and, uh, you know, I'm generally a, optimistic person uh but that's definitely going to be something that i'm I'm aware of uh when we're trying when presenting something new to the world people have expectations and i'm nervous about it it's more it's more nerves than excitement (laughs) yeah i can understand that in my i will be shouting from the heavens that this is not an owen record you will not hear (laughs) you will not hear never meant 12 times this new <laughs> people got older. People are still mm-hmm. the same people making music, and this is what you're getting. My thing to Mike, and I said this to Lamos, I'm gonna have to set these in order um, when I post them just because it's gonna be chronological. You can hear me, for, I think, play the whole record, the new record, front to back, because no one's gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty bold move. I don't know. I don't know. That's I will talk. I, I'm. I'm going to keep pushing. I got. I got. <laughs> I got homes to do next. I'm going to push. <laughs> Fuck everybody. Play the whole thing. I want to hear every song. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's the punk rock uh, coming out. Ethics coming out right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, we but we had a. Look, People when, they want to hear those songs, and you know. When, when you guys have the next band meeting, be like, "Remember Tom was busting our chops? He is so annoying." <laughs> want to think about it? I'll throw it into the hat as Great. an idea. Worthy consideration. Fantastic. Thank you. So, uh, what about it. other than American football? Um, for you yourself, you said you have a child on the way. You're doing, mm-hmm. you know, sound. What other things are you excited about for the rest of 2016 and into 2017? Uh, let me think. Let me think. Make sure see. the child stays alive. That's for that's. Number one. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of been filling up my world right now. It's like. <laughs> You know, I made up the Amazon uh, baby shower gift registry last night and getting that going. And I'm like researching which 
car seats are compatible with certain strollers and like that sort of thing, which is totally new. Um, if, if we're anyone, trying to figure. <laughs> we have really. Go ahead. I was just saying, anyone in high school, you know, when they say like, you know, here's what your job should be. Why didn't anyone say start something that babies start a company with things babies need? Because the yeah. amount of crap there is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff. I know. I was, and I, you know, we have a very small apartment and I was talking to Mike about this and also Steve, the homes in Lamos, you know, they, they all have kids. So I'm, you know, I'm like, gosh, what to tell me, please tell me what am I, what's going, what's happening. What's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're like, you don't know. And we don't know. And it's going to be great. And it's going to be horrible. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, uh, all the advice is sort of like, negated by the fact that nobody can give you advice <laughs> like nobody knows you're just in it now man good luck um but babies they have a lot of stuff they require a lot of like gear and that means your gear is going somewhere else i know i know that's the thing i have a cello under the bed i have a cello under the bed i haven't played it in i haven't played it in probably a couple of years but i have one and i enjoy i like having one but it's just taking up a lot of space, so it's, it's, I don't know. It's funny. I'm just on Craigslist right now, and I saw your posting for a cello. <laughs> oh, that, I think that was your wife. <laughs> <laughs> she would tell me. She would know. She knows that. Would be. She's also got a giant accordion under the bed that she hasn't played in a long time. Yeah. Well, that's going so on eBay too. I know. We have, we both have things we can get rid of. We can part part ways with. I love that okay. everybody else. You had a conversation about. Okay, let's talk about the songs and. Tom Setlist idea. So anyway, what the fuck? Are, what is this dad thing about? And them just not giving you anything. <laughs> just like, well, Nate, good luck. No, they, they I'm do. Kidding, I'm I mean, kidding. they're very, they're very supportive, and they're like, it's going to be awesome. It's, but also, like, don't you can't plan for anything. Like, you never, you don't know what it's going to be like. So, but that's also really great advice. So I'm not going to stress out try to plan anything you know we're trying to not know the gender of the child Ooh, that's although exciting. I think that's a, yeah i think i saw boy parts in the sonogram the other day okay. i'm not sure yeah so we're um what's the know, line about the baby's to... arm right is that the vulgar <laughs> thing to say <laughs> i did see a baby's arm in there i can't <laughs> confirm whether or not <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, I saw a baby's it was, arm. Right. <laughs> he turned a certain way, and look, I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's kind of been taking up all my time recently, which is fine. The way it goes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Cool. So, When's good. the? Yeah. When does it do? January 31st. Ooh, I like that. So the yeah. baby misses. Like he doesn't get screwed over by Christmas. So, like, if right. it's, like, it's close to point. Christmas, everyone's like, well, I just gave you stuff. <laughs> that ain't crossed my mind. That's a good point. These are the things I think about. <laughs> when am I going to get I shit? Maximize the present here. <laughs> I was always bummed. My birthday was at the end of August, so no one was home yet. Everyone's on vacation. And then my sister's was in the middle of September. Everybody's back, so she had, like, a school birthday. Yeah, you know, and I was like so jealous yeah. forever. <laughs> where do you fall? Where do you fall in the class 
uh, the school grade division? Were you on the older or the younger side of your grade? Uh, oh, oh, um, I was August 20th, so what did I, so I, I think. Wait, does that matter? Uh, no, I, wrong. no, because there is that cutoff date where you're like, either you're older, I think I was on the younger side, because it was, all, yeah. I think there was, you know, kids with facial hair and smoking in grade school. <laughs> I, mean, I was younger, I didn't. <laughs> There's always, you, that, there's always that one kid that had the mustache way before anyone yeah. else. I, we, there was a guy with a beard in high school. It was it was amazing. I mean, I I couldn't, I just couldn't imagine. What? So I mean, he must have. I mean, was he dating everybody? I mean, was it just like they just waited? I don't know. He was also. I, he was very. He was um, not. He, the, he didn't have the kind of personality that would sort of capitalize on that sort okay. of uh, you know level of testosterone uh he was very sweet but also looked like he was 25 when he was 17 years old so <laughs> a mad you know. respect mad respect i know i didn't i i looked like i was 15 until i was 22 like i was very late to the game but one of my favorite moments i think it was five years ago i was walking by nyu and someone asked if i needed a student checking account and, <laughs> and i said no but thank you <laughs> that's awesome I think I think you should try that go walk around NYU in September and see if that happens <laughs> I have gray hair now though oh I can't quite do it yeah very well, obvi- I'm may, very obviously gray may, maybe you just say that that's just part of your shtick <laughs> uh, Nate is there anything else people should know um, either yourself or if you need if they, you want to give them a gift registry link so they can get stuff like what what are you feeling i mean you're gonna need some help here soon i know um um i guess please forgive me if i fall asleep while on stage i feel like that might happen (laughs) that's what i've heard i'm gonna lose a lot of sleep Uh, so i just ask i ask for your forgiveness in advance if i'm very groggy and not quite there uh thank you for your support Fantastic. Nate, you were awesome. <laughs> Did you have fun? I was talking to you. Did you have fun? Yeah, totally. Okay, good. My instincts are the enemy. Thank you for listening to the Washed Up Emo Podcast. I'm Tom Mullen. We are three quarters of the way through the American Football Series. Next up, episode 82 with Steve Holmes, guitar player for American Football. Steve Holmes. Once again, American Football's new album is out October 21st. You can pick it up on 180-gram vinyl, CD, cassette, digitally through polyvinylrecords.com. And remember that they all come with an instant download. So you can listen to the whole thing right away if you order it right now. And if you want to use the code WASHEDUP, all one word, WASHEDUP, 10% off your order. That's crazy. I know I said that last time, but it's crazy. 10% because you listen to this podcast? Woo! See you tomorrow.